Hey, what's up? This is Mick from Comistar. In this podcast, we're going to discuss topics related to Estonian EU residency, taxes, regulations, starting and growing your company, marketing, and other relevant stuff for entrepreneurs. We're going to keep it short and casual. You can learn more about us at eResident.me. And by the way, none of the information shared on this podcast is or should be taken as a legal advice. If you have any questions, get in touch with us at thestoneatcomistar.com. Enjoy. Hey, what's up? It's Mick from Comistar. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about Estonian crypto license. And helping our clients to obtain the Estonian crypto license has been by far one of the most popular um, services we have been offering in the last couple of years. And uh, it's uh, it's an interesting topic because there has been uh, quite a lot of controversy around uh, the licensing process in, in the last in, in this year, in 2020. Uh, because the requirements uh, changed and uh, with the new requirements there has been a lot of um, confusion around the interpretation of these requirements and not only uh, for consultants, advisors, lawyers, etc. etc., and, and applicants of course but also within the Estonian Financial Intelligence Unit which is the uh, agency that issues the Estonian crypto licenses. So but let's go way back in 2017, at the end of the, uh, 2017, Estonia introduced um, crypto licenses, which were unique at the time, and they still are uh, unique uh, in a sense that, uh, uh, well, it's still the best option in Europe by far uh, to, to obtain a crypto license and have some legal base for your crypto business. But now there are uh, some countries that have their own uh, crypto regulation where, where you have to obtain a license. For example, Germany has one, um, but it's far more complicated than it is in Estonia. Uh, so uh, while there are some countries that have some crypto regulation, um, Estonia is still the best uh, and it's still the easiest. But with the recent regu- regulatory changes, it's not as easy anymore. So um, at the beginning, if you wanted to get the Stone and Crypto license, essentially what you had to do is register the Stone and Company and um, draft the AML documentation, uh, provide non-criminal history record, submit it, and then within a month you had the Stone and Crypto license. So that that resulted uh, in a lot of companies obtaining a Stone and Crypto license in the last years, and I think the total number was around one thousand five hundred companies um, uh, having the Stone and Crypto license. Which means that, and, and they didn't have any local operations uh, in reality, right? Which means that uh, it was very difficult for Estonian FIU to actually monitor and uh, supervise these companies. But, all, but many of these companies were using uh, slogans and stuff on their website like supervised by, uh, you know, European Union jurisdiction, etc., highly supervised entity, etc., which was all untrue because no one was supervise, uh, supervising them as it's as it just wasn't possible for the Estonian FIU to, uh, they, they, they just don't have the resources. And if you don't have uh, any operations in a country and you're operating in Taiwan or China or whatever, then it's really hard for the Estonian FIU to actually understand what they are doing or who is doing what especially if the uh, whole website is another language. So um, for that reason, Estonia changed the crypto regulations in 2020. To, uh, talks about changing the regulations started in 2019. And I have to be honest, at first we were against these changes uh, because it was our core business. We were you know, biased, etc. Um, but it really is a great thing for 
they're still in a legal environment that these regulations were changed because you don't want to be a legal kind of uh, regulatory dumps, uh, dumpster, right? You don't want to be a, um, a recycle bin of, you know, whatever crypto businesses uh, who come here and, and they want to get some minim, mini, minimum, they, that they fill in some sort of minimum requirement and then they have a crypto license and can claim that they are supervised by Estonian authorities, which will, will, will have a bad uh, outcome at the end of the day. So uh, fast forward 2020, uh, the Estonian regulator started uh, to uh, revoke a lot of licenses. I think there are like, there, there were like a few hundred left at some point. Um, or even less. I don't. I don't. Uh, I didn't follow it so closely. Uh, now the number is around two hundred fifty because there are also new licenses that have been issued, and the old ones have been renewed. Um, but um, a lot of licenses were taken away, and new regulation uh, requirements were introduced. And I'm going to go over these requirements one by one now. So the share capital minimum of twelve thousand euros. Twelve thousand euros is. Uh, uh, the amount of share capital that you have to pay in, it's still not a lot of money. Uh, and you have to pay it in, in uh, European um, financial institution, meaning it has to be a bank account in Europe or it has to be a fintech account in Europe. In, uh, and, and, and this fintech has to be licensed in Europe. Uh, Europe. Um, and, uh, and, the, and, and that's the first requirement, having a bank account in um, in. in uh, European jurisdiction, which is regulated in European jurisdiction, and also the share capital minimum, 12,000 euros. The second and the biggest thing is the physical presence in Estonia, including office space and manage, management board members residing here. So there, there has been quite a lot of controversy around that requirement, meaning um, there have been situations where there is one foreigner, for example, on the board, and then there is one Estonian on the board, and it was, uh, it was fine at first, but then FIU has changed the, their interpretation and said, no, actually, they all have to be in Estonia. Um, and, and there have been some uh, disputes about that as well. Uh, for now, they accept the situation where you have Estonian board member and you have another board member who might not live in Estonia, but it also has to be written in the articles of association that um, the liabilities and um, and the actions of this board member are limited. So that it has to be clear that uh, the board member who is residing in Estonia is managing the company. So essentially, they want the company to be local, to be man uh, well, local in, in a sense that they, they would have local operations. So they would be able to supervise the company if something happens. They can actually come down to the office and, and uh, talk to the people or ask these people to come to the FIU to, uh, for an interview and, 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 and ask about the business. Um, so that's what they require. And it's pretty standard requirement for any financial license, to be honest. It's just... Uh, Kind of weird that crypto license didn't have that requirement before, uh, but now it exists. So essentially, you need to have a board member that is residing in Estonia. Uh, you need to have a low office in Estonia, uh, and it has to be real office, meaning it can't be you know a rented apartment where one room of the apartment is uh, is an office. Uh, they don't accept that. They did at first, but then they changed their interpretation and said no, that doesn't work. You can't provide financial services out of, out of your apartment, and it kind of makes sense. So our our um, Advice here is to always do everything that is needed as it is needed and not try to find shortcuts uh, because it will, um, it will um, fire back during the licensing process. So the uh, next one is AML officer. AML, uh, before the crypto exchanges also had to have AML officer, but there wasn't a requirement that this AML officer actually has to reside in Estonia, but now they do. 
So AML officer also has to reside in Estonia. Now we do help with recruiting both board members and, and the AML officers. Um, but essentially this has have to be people that understand the Estonian AML regulation, right? And you always have an opportunity to uh, have someone from your team to actually come and reside in Estonia because it's pretty pretty good place for, to live anyway. So um, anyway, so thus far we have established that you have to have a bank account in European jurisdiction uh, or fintech account. You have to have a minimum share capital of 12,000 euros paid in. Uh, you need to have a physical presence here, including office, board member and AML officer. And uh, the next thing is that you need to provide non-criminal record uh, extracts for all participants in the company, meaning also the shareholders, uh, AML officer, board members, etc. Everybody has to provide their criminal history record. And of course, there cannot be any criminal history. And, uh, and also CVs and education information of all participants in the companies as, as well as part of the documentation. So these are, uh, in essence, the main requirements you have to um, full, uh, check in order to get the Estonian crypto license. The period before it was 30, uh, 30 days, uh, now it's uh, two months or uh, 60 days is the uh, optimal. But our experience has shown that uh, it's better to take into account four months or 120 days uh, because they are going to extend the licensing process, uh, licensing period, sorry, if there is anything that they are requiring from you and, and you have to fulfill. Um, it's case by case. We have had situations where we uh, have obtained the license very quickly under one month, but also we have situations where it has taken like uh, three or almost four months. So it, it kind of depends on the situation, but it's but you have to be ready. If you're going into that process, just be ready for for a four month process and, and then you, you don't have anything to be disappointed about later. So what else? I think I've pretty much covered everything. Uh, and of course you need to establish the stone company. You can do it with e-residency. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much what, what you have to do. And of course, one thing I did forget is the AML documentation is still part of the uh, licensing um, requirements. So, and, and that's something we usually do for the clients. We uh, draft the email documentation of the company, which is uh, thus far has always been as it has to be according to the FYU requirements. And uh, that's pretty much it. And you have to take into account that you have to start your operations within the six months after getting the license. They will be making that check uh, on you um, and, and asking whether you have started the business because if you haven't, uh, they they will try to uh, try to either uh, either pause or or uh, revoke the license because for them it's a sign that you actually don't need a license. Why they do that? Um, I don't know for sure because they haven't told. Uh, you know, they they just tell tell it as as I just explained that well, if you don't do the business with the license, you don't need a license. But it's also because a lot of ICO companies back in 2017 and 2018 obtained the Estonian crypto license. They never did anything with the license. They just said that we are supervised by the Estonian authorities and therefore you can trust us. So I think there's that's kind of the big big reason there that they, they want to be sure that the business that the company and license is used um, with with the right purpose, right? So uh, yeah, that's that's another thing that you have to take into account. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. And if you need any help in obtaining the Estonian crypto license, um, I think we have now under the new regulations and the new regulations took effect in March for the new applicants and for the old applicants, 
they had to renew and and um, renew the licensing documentation and set up their Estonian office, etc. by the first of July, if I remember correctly, two thousand twenty. So um, and and we have now you know done more than. 10 licenses under uh, new regulations, which is a pretty good result considering that it's two to four month process. And um, yeah, we, have, we haven't had any, any uh, declines because we, we have really taken the, ver- uh, the concrete and strict uh, kind of bath with the clients that if we are going to do that, then, or if you want to get the license, then uh, you have to do everything as it's required. We're not going to do any shortcuts. We're, uh, because there are, there are some companies, to give you an example, who uh, rent out, so, uh, so to say, rent out their uh, board member for your company. So you end up paying, like let's say, 500 euros per month, which is uh, a very little money, because consider that 50% of that are usually taxes, uh, salary taxes. So, um, and they say to you, well, it's, it's very cheap and it's very uh, good option for you. But in reality, when the FIU receives an application and they see, okay, it's it's this board member again, it's this company renting out that board member again, he's also on the board or of you know fifteen other companies or ten other companies, then that will be that that will be an issue and it it will affect the legitimacy of your whole application um, because it's not believable for the FIU that this person is actually managing the company and this is the sole purpose of making those regulatory changes. So uh, what we say that uh, we're going to recruit a board member for you who will actually uh, contribute to the company, who is capable of contributing to the company. Same for the AML officer. Um, and if you're willing to do that and set up everything as it has to be set up, I would say that you won't have any problems of getting the license. You should, but you do have to have some funds because these are monthly upkeep costs that you will have to bear. So uh, if you have very little funds, let's say you have 10,000 euros and you want to start a crypto business, then it's not for you. Estonian regu- uh, jurisdiction is not for you. You won't be able to get the license with that budget. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and I do recommend to do everything, as I said, everything by the book. That's the easiest way to go. Um, yeah, so that's that's it for for today. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Uh, we have some 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 pretty big players in the crypto industry as our clients as well, very known names, um, and uh, and uh, I'm sure we can help you out. So yeah, that's it. Thank you. And if you have any questions, get in touch with us at stoneatcomister.com. It was Mick from Comistar. Ciao.